Welcome to the Boring Bible Podcast. I'm Noah Randolph, and I'm here to take you on a journey through the boring parts of your Bible, books that you just couldn't finish when you tried to read them. Together, I hope we'll get to see some of the hidden beauty in these books, and maybe afterwards you'll love them too. But if not, that's okay. You will still get to tell your friends you got through them and have full bragging rights to your pastor. Just don't let it go to your head. So let's get started. Welcome back to another episode where I take you chapter by chapter through the book of Isaiah. So far, we've done chapters 1 and 2, and today is Isaiah chapter 3. This chapter, when I first read it, is one of the most gut-wrenching chapters. Uh, There's a lot of graphic descriptions of destruction and violence in this chapter, and I remember the first time interacting with it finishing the chapter and just putting my Bible down and really just going on a long walk because it is very, very depressing. (laughs) And uh, you can kind of get lost in that. Uh, But I will say that overall, the message that it leaves me with still when I read this chapter uh, is just the sheer amount of uh, pain that can come from sin overall. And that this isn't unjust punishment. This is punishment for um, a culture and a society that uh, just frankly decided to leave God behind and do their own thing. And uh, so you can just really empathize both with God and with the people in the situation. Um, There's a lot here that talks about leadership, which I'll talk about at the end after we read this passage, um, that I think is really helpful for our time today and in our culture. But uh, just for this this one in particular, uh, if you're having like a really hard day or uh, just like a really low day, this this one you might want to put a pause on until you can come back with a fresh mind just because it is so dark. So just keep that in mind as we go forward. All right. With that said, let's start with the chapter. See now the Lord, the Lord Almighty is about to take from Jerusalem and Judah both supply and support all supplies of food and all supplies of water, the hero and the warrior, the judge and the prophet, the diviner and the elder, the captain of 50 and the man of rank, the counselor, the skilled craftsman and clever enchanter. I will make mere youths their officials. Children will rule over them. People will oppress each other man against man, neighbor against neighbor. The young will rise up against the old, the nobody against the honored. A man will seize one of his brothers in his father's house and say, you have a cloak, you be our leader. Take charge of this heap of ruins. But in that day, he will cry out, I have no remedy, I have no food or clothing in my house. Do not make me the leader of the people. Jerusalem staggers, 
Judah is falling. Their words and deeds are against the Lord, defying his glorious presence. The look on their faces testifies against them. They parade their sin like Sodom. They do not hide it. Woe to them. They have brought disaster upon themselves. Tell the righteous it will be well with them, for they will enjoy the fruit of their deeds. Woe to the wicked. Disaster is upon them. They will be paid back for what they have hands have done. Use oppress my people. Women rule over them. My people, your guides lead you astray. They turn you from the path. The Lord takes his place in court. He rises to judge the people. The Lord enters into judgment against the elders and leaders of his people. It is you who have ruined my vineyard. The plunder from the poor is in your houses. What do you mean by crushing my people and grinding the faces of the poor, declares the Lord, the Lord Almighty. The Lord says, the women of Zion are haughty, walking along with outstretched necks, flirting with their eyes, strutting along with swaying hips, with ornaments jingling on their ankles. Therefore, the Lord will bring sores on the heads of the women of Zion. The Lord will make their scalps bald. In that day, the Lord will snatch away their finery, the bangles and the headbands and crescent necklaces, the earrings and bracelets and veils, the headdresses and anklets and sashes, the perfume bottles and charms, the signet rings and nose rings, the fine robes and the capes and cloaks, the purses and mirrors and the linen garments and tiaras and shawls. Instead of fragrance, there will be a stench. Instead of a sash, a rope. Instead of a well-dressed hair, baldness. Instead of fine clothing, sackcloth. Instead of beauty, branding. Your men will fall by the sword, your warriors in battle. The gates of Zion will lament and mourn. Destitute, she will sit on the ground. So while the first two chapters may have left you feeling confused, this chapter probably left you feeling really down. And you might even have a bit of feeling against God for how severe he is for this culture. Um, but we do get a really good picture in this chapter as well of how off base this culture got. And you can see, especially with the leadership, how manipulative they've become. Uh, one of the interesting things historically is that um, most of the city of Jerusalem was ruled by these ruling elders. And these people were actually instituted in Exodus by Moses himself. Moses got so tired of ruling over all of the people of Israel, he just got overworked, um, that his father-in-law, Jethro, uh, advised him to set up this ruling elder group that would essentially judge the people and judge decisions. And so a lot of the small disputes they may have had, say, if your neighbor took your ox unexpectedly or, you know, just all these sorts of different like squabbles that always happen in society, these judges would rule on those cases and they were expected to rule justly. But as you can see from Isaiah's uh, 
passage here, you can see that they were not ruling justly. In fact, they were corrupted, and they were amassing wealth for themselves, and they were growing more fat and rich off of the backs of these poor people, and they were taking bribes, and they were taking um, money in the cases just to be able to rule in a specific way. And so a lot of this is kind of what's going on underneath the surface in uh, Jerusalem. And you can't help but think about our own culture in America today and also how a lot of the judicial system, I think, is corrupted and how a lot of things are uh, just not the way that God, I think, intended them to be. Uh, And you can see right here that God is not okay with that and that he's going to bring justice to this people and that it's really going to hurt The other focus he brings is at the end of the chapter on uh, women in particular, and you might be a little off put by that. Uh, I certainly was on my first read through, but a bit of historical context here. Um, Many of the women in that culture uh, that would dress this way were often prostitutes and they would often go to uh, many of the shrines and they would adorn themselves with this jewelry and these different kinds of flashy things um, to be able to seduce men um, in a very ritualistic and um, idolatrous way. And it wasn't just about sex. It was also about um, devoting themselves to these gods and goddesses in the land. Uh, A lot of the gods, especially Baal, um, were sexually, uh, they were just based on sex a lot of the time. Uh, They saw sex as a way for growth and having children and also growing crops. And there's a whole long history of why that is, which I won't get into. But regardless, they, a lot of the culture in that time was under the assumption that as if they had sex ritually in a temple, for instance, that would excite the God to then grow the grass and also to provide rain and many other things. And so they would have these women that would do a lot of this stuff. And so don't think of it as him just calling out women for just wearing jewelry. It's a lot more Uh, related to this ritualistic worship that these women would do at these temples where they would seduce men. So just keep that in mind. Um, With that said, let's go ahead and start on into the chapter. So at the very beginning of this uh, episode, I said that this chapter in particular focused on leadership. And that's very true. You can see um, that uh, overall Isaiah's pointing out the leaders and elders in the community and also the leaders of uh, women as well. Um, And anybody of a really high-ranking status, he's addressing this chapter in particular to them. So keep that in mind is that this is to the higher classes of this time. Uh, This is to the people that uh, have way more wealth than anyone else. And what you'll notice right away is that God is going to set that right by getting rid of everyone that is that high. Um, And he's going to punish them. He's going to remove them. um, He's going to enslave them sometimes. uh, Even by the end, you'll see that. Um, And again, it seems very harsh, but you got to think of it in terms of they are getting what they have done to other people. And it's almost as if God is an eye for an eye kind of thing, where all of the things that they've done to the lower classes of people, he is now going to do 
to them and you can see kind of the fairness and justice of that um, but what that's going to do and that's where we kind of get into the middle section of this passage is what that's going to do is leave a huge gap in the leadership of the community and there will be people young young people that have never been trained and never been uh taught how to lead the people who will suddenly be thrust into this leadership position because honestly there's no older man to lead and i couldn't help thinking about how similar that is today as well Uh, especially in my own life as a male i've had very few male role models in my life that i could say that i looked up to and uh just knowing and having to learn on my own many of the things about scripture and God or through people of my same age that were also as young as me. Um, it just, I've always resonated with this passage because I felt like that young man, um, who was kind of told you have a cloak, you lead. Um, and, uh, so yeah, it just, uh, you might be in that position in your own life or not, but, uh, that, particular part has always resonated a lot with me just because of that. Uh, One of the other things that uh, you'll notice is as he moves on through is that uh, he plays a huge focus on women overall and also their leadership in the community. And he picks apart their ways that they often um, sort of show their status. Uh, And again, this is something that just doesn't make a lot of sense in our culture today. Um, You might see it a little bit in Hollywood from time to time, but even then I think there's this kind of stigma against women that might act that way today. Uh, Whereas in this time, it was sort of the way that they operated. Um, And you might even have been a little off put by... um, Sometimes him saying like uh, women will lead them now and it's not that's not a statement of anything saying that oh it society's gotten bad when women rule or something like that really what he's pointing out is that there are no men that men have basically you know fallen away uh, and that the, what's only left are the poor and uh, unfortunately in this society women were usually on a lower tier um, and had less income and just basically were uh, not uh, as high of a status as men were. And so he's not saying anything about uh, women in particular, but more just the situation that's going to happen and the judgment that's going to happen is going to lead to um, just this huge lack of leadership and the remaining people are just going to have to make do and figure out how to live life, um, never having led before. Uh, and I think that's just, you know, a really, um, you know, somber note, uh, to say. Um, but it's also a note that if you were one of the high officials or high leaders in this community, um, you would hear this and would really be off put by it and would really hate Isaiah for saying this, but, um, this is what God's going to do. And you can see kind of the justice in it in terms of removing those people from those positions. What he's going to do is basically, um, make sure that the people that are in power were the ones that were being oppressed, were the poor or the lowly status people. And they're the ones that are going to get the sense of uh, get this leadership opportunity. So hopefully that helps explain this passage a little bit more. The next chapter I'm hoping will be a little less, uh, less, uh, uh, sad, but we'll, uh, we'll just kind of continue on. So thanks so much for listening. Mm-hmm.